This is the Touchy Subjects Podcast. My name is Erin Billings, and I am your host. On this episode, the touchy subject we're going to discuss is deconstruction. Our panel consists of Zach Goresco, a lawyer from Nashville, Kayla, the digital creator of The Real Because She Dared, and Jed Foster, a grant writer and staff member at the St. Francis Xavier Lay Missionary Society. Hope you guys enjoy. Hey, Jed, why don't you tell me what you think of deconstruction and what it is? Okay. Um, So in my personal non-authoritative opinion, um, deconstruction is a process of rethinking or unlearning part or all of a certain faith narrative or religious worldview. I think it generally works in an organic way. And once you have an experience that shakes or challenges your faith, and you start to rethink that aspect of your faith, that doesn't seem to stand up to the challenge. And then once you do that, your whole faith narrative may reveal some glaring inconsistencies that you feel need to be dealt with. So I think it's something that can be done both consciously and subconsciously. I think you can set your own boundaries regarding which aspects of your faith you're interested in actively deconstructing versus which aspects you feel comfortable with as is, though I think you should expect those boundaries to be pushed a bit. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, Kayla, what do you think? Yeah, I 100% agree, Jed. I think um, kind of to expand on one of the points you made at the beginning, I think a lot of people think that it's only a certain type of faith that can be deconstructed. And it can really, it it applies to all faith systems. Um, I grew up very evangelical Bible Belt. So that's my story, but you know, anybody can really deconstruct their belief systems. It, it doesn't just um, mean your faith. It can kind of trickle out into other areas of your life as well. I know personally, I've deconstructed my political beliefs the older I've got. Absolutely. Um, I think kind of the two go hand in hand. Zach, what do you, what do you think about it? Yeah, I feel I feel so similarly to what's been said already. You can deconstruct almost anything. There's several narratives out there, whether they be uh, sociopolitical, political, religious, etc. And sometimes you're given more information that you didn't previously have, and you're able to say, "Oh, wow, I was wrong about that." And it's important, I think, or or I was misguided about that. Might be a gentler way uh, to treat yourself in those situations. And I think really what's important about that is just being gracious with yourself. You know, everybody is always ever only doing the best they can with the information they have. As we get new information, we change our belief systems. So for me, kind of like Kayla, uh, my background was evangelical Bible Belt. I grew up Baptist and then went to a Pentecostal undergrad and was in a Pentecostal worship choir. So I had all of the things uh, experienced. And so deconstruction is highly personal. Um, There are so many things I didn't even realize I was deconstructing over the years, whether it be purity culture or rapture scares (laughs) or other things like that. Um, But I just think it's 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 sort of a broad term. It can mean almost anything. And I just think it, it can mean what you want it to mean for you. That's a that's a great response. So since you already kind of led down this path, Zach, why don't you start us out in telling the deconstruction story kind of where you are in it? 
Yeah, yeah. So uh, let me see if I can turn on this. Okay, that's going to allow me to not be in my, I had noise canceling on and it was right in my ear. So, oh gosh, um, it's probably been several years since I started deconstructing before I even knew it was a word. Um, that's what I was doing. So I went to, I grew up, uh, I'm the son of a Southern Baptist minister, um, grew up in Huntsville, Alabama, uh, always knew that I was gay, but you know, didn't, uh, but, but also knew that in the church that that's, you know, especially in the, um, evangelical denominations, that's a sin and you don't act on it and you'll go to hell for it. So that's, that was sort of how I felt my whole life. I, I can't even begin to tell you just how scared I felt my whole life of going to hell. Um, and, and hell is something that I've also decon done some deconstruction work around, which was like super important and super recent. But anyway, I, um, I was toying with the idea of going to state school or Lee and my parents were like, well, we'll pay for Lee. And I'm like, well, I don't have any money. So <laughs> Lee is where I'm going to go. Um, so I went to Lee and I thought at the time, well, I'm going to go to this Bible school and you have to minor in religion and I can be in these choirs. And I did summer honors, which is just this sort of onboarding program with all of these, um, all of these kind of like-minded people. And I thought if I hang around these people long enough, like I'll be able to turn straight. Right. So, um, so I go through Lee and I join campus choir, which was um, the Pentecostal worship choir on campus there, um, travel to all these different churches. And I, I grew up Baptist, so I, I was so lost. The first time that someone like spoke in tongues, I was like, I called my dad and I was like, oh my God. And my dad grew up assemblies of God. So he was like, oh, oops, I probably should have told you. I was like, yeah, that would have been mm -hmm. nice. And then um, I did some other things on campus, too. Of course, I had several great friends in the Lee Singers. And, um, and then also I was in Corral, and then also I did other stuff. So I, I was really, really involved on campus. I kept myself busy enough, but still, like, kind of gnawing in the back of my mind was, like, this thing of I'm gay. So, um, and I just couldn't really quite reconcile what I heard about, like, God's love and faith, faithfulness and grace and all of that stuff, but, like, I'm going to go to hell for like this thing that I can't change. And I've really tried and I've been to the conversion counseling and I've, you know, I've done all the stuff I'm supposed to. Um, and then I graduate and then I move home for a couple of years and then I move up to Nashville. I'm kind of running through the abbreviated version. So everybody will have time. I go to law school. I meet this guy, you know, he's not the guy I'm with currently. Um, but, but I did, you know, fall for him and I thought, you know what, I'm going to come out. Um, and when I came out, it was just, it, it was pretty, um, it was really hard. Um, you know, my parents, um, did not respond well. They didn't disown me, thankfully, but, um, it was really hard. Uh, the way I was treated was like totally the opposite of the way that I heard that you're supposed to treat people when you're a Christian. So that was really hard. Um, and then, uh, and then I graduated law school and uh, broke up with that boyfriend, met my now husband, we got engaged, we got married. Um, and really my deconstruction process, the thing where I was actually able to put like words to what it was happened over the past year, you know, because I was changing my ideas about like, is hell really a place? 
Is the rapture really a thing? Is the Bible meant to be taken literally? Did Jesus exist? All of these things. Well, is, is Christianity the only right religion? You know, well, what about all these translations that have happened over the course of hundreds of years? I mean, so there were just all these gnawing questions in my mind. But I think at one point, at one point over the past year, I just remember saying, hey, it's okay to ask these questions. And since then, I guess my my number one takeaway from all of this work that I've been doing, and I have listened to so many podcasts I could throw up. I have like read so many books. Um, I guess the number one thing I've walked away from walked away from uh, all of this uh, thinking is um, like, is it really important for me to be right about whether heaven exists or hell exists? Is it really important for me to be right about this translation of the Bible or this interpretation of, you know, what God supposedly said? No, but what is really important is how I treat people and how I give grace to myself and how I give grace to other people who don't believe the same way. So I also try to be really careful when I'm talking to people that are, are, cause I do, I no longer identify as a Christian. I would say, I, I would say I'm agnostic. Um, but I would say that, you know, the tenets of Christianity generally, I think, are really good ones to follow. But um, but I try to be really gracious to people of all faiths because I don't want to be the kind of person who is proselytizing quite as like obnoxiously about not being a person of a specific faith than I was when I was in my faith. So anyway, long answer. I'll be no, 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 that was great. I, I really appreciate you telling us that. Um, one question to piggyback off of what you were saying. Um, you said your parents didn't disown you. So now that you are agnostic and them being Southern Baptist ministers, how is the relationship now that you've kind of taken your coming out story a little bit even more? Well, this would actually um, be the first uh, public type forum I've ever admitted that I'm agnostic. So, oh. <laughs> um, yeah, I came on here with full um, full knowledge of what it was going to be like. So, you know, I anticipate some pushback, um, but at the end of the day, I'm still the same person. You know, I still, I still, I still just want to make my corner of the world as good and kind and loving as I can. I don't think that requires me to adhere to a specific set of beliefs or attitudes about things. Um, you know, it, my relationship with my family has been strained because of because of me being gay and then me not being actively in church. That was sort of an obvious thing. Um, but you know, it, it, it may strain things, but that's. Uh, uh, the day that I came out was like the most freeing day ever. And so what that just taught me is just like living in your truth as who you are authentically. There's just really nothing That's like awesome. it. That's awesome. I'm, I'm so happy for you because I remember you in college, you know, and you were always such a great guy. So I'm just happy that you found your joy. And you got your peace. So that's that's wonderful. OK, so Kayla, what is your deconstruction story? <laughs> So I grew up, again, evangelical, Bible Belt. Um, my dad, when I was a teenager, my dad was ordained. So I guess you could call me a pastor's kid. Um, Southern Baptist as well. That's what, that's the subculture that I grew up in. Um, very much the Bible is the inerrant word of God. We, you know, it's clear. It's um, all these, it's basically an idol is what it boils down to. Um, that is what kind of I grew up with. And then what really kicked off my deconstruction, I guess, journey 
for lack of a better word, um, was a, my divorce. I got married at 18, was deep in the purity culture, um, theology, you know, really earnestly believed that, you know, if I followed all the rules, if I did all the things, I was the good church kid, went on the mission trips, sang in the choir, all these things, um, you know, that God was going to bless that in my life. He was going to give me a good marriage. He was going to do all these things. And so I earnestly believed it. And then seven and a half years later, it was a super abusive marriage, um, was not what I thought I was getting out of this bargain. And I, you know, was the one that filed for divorce. So that really started to turn the wheels of, okay, I just felt lied to for my entire life. I did what I thought I was supposed to do, but my life did not turn out how they told me it was going to turn out. Obviously there's personal responsibility and accountability and all that stuff too, but I earnestly believed it. I really thought that I was going to get the godly marriage and all that. So that really kicked things off for me at the same time. So I'm going through this divorce. My church has made it. Um, I'm, I was actually in California, moved back to Tennessee. Try. I wanted to go back to my home church, wanted to be back involved. I really needed that community. Um, but was told pretty much, we don't have a place for you. We don't have a place for single, you know, I had a small daughter, um, no, no single mom ministries, no divorced moms ministries, nothing like that. So just made it very clear that I, there was no place for me, um, in a church that I dedicated my entire life to. So a lot of bitterness, a lot of anger and hurt, a lot of loneliness at that same time, my brother who was, um, 20, 21, he came out as gay. And I just knew then I was like, this is kind of the second thing now I'm going through and wanting to be supportive with him because my parents were not supportive. Um, and I just was like, I just had to shelf my faith at that point. I just couldn't even think about it. I couldn't, I felt so rejected. Um, I knew purity culture was a lie at that point and I just couldn't even think about it. And so that was probably a couple of years that I just didn't even question. I just was like, I don't want anything to do with it. I don't want to think about church. I don't want to think about God or the Bible. Um, and then slowly came back around to, um, just what parts do, what parts are important to me? What parts do I feel like I can keep out of it? Um, do I want to keep any of it, you know, or, um, just those types of questions. And that was probably five or six years ago that I started kind of coming back around. Do I, you know, what do I think about all this faith stuff? Um, I actually wouldn't identify as Christian because there's a lot of stuff I don't know. Like I'm willing to just sit here and say, I don't know. Um, and I know people from my hometown, my own family, they would say, well, then you can't be Christian. Like if you don't fall in line with these certain beliefs. So I think in that way, I'm, I, they wouldn't call me a Christian, but I don't really feel a need to put a label on it at this point. So I just, I'm cool with Jesus. Like, I think that that's, there's, there's goodness in that, in, in him. And I think there's hope 
And if we, if I wanted to focus on anything, it would be that it would be him. But I understand that not everyone is there nor wants to be there. And so kind of the same thing that Zach, you said, I don't want to deconstruct in the way that I was in my faith. I don't want it to feel all this resistance and like, well, now I have to go out and tell everybody, you know, that I'm deconstructing and this is what I'm doing. I just, it just kind of is what it is. And that feels good right now. And so that's the short of my journey. <laughs> well, no, that's, that's powerful. I, especially, you know, hearing your story about your previous marriage, that's, I mean, people find themselves at different places of, I call it the deconstruction spectrum. Um, and I think that things going on in our personal lives definitely brings us to those different places. Um, so Jed, I asked Jed to come on here because Jed has a different story. Um, Jed was actually in the band at one of the churches that I used to work at, which was an Assemblies of God church. Um, and so Jed, I'll let you you tell the rest of the story. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you, Aaron. Um, so yeah, I was, I deconstructed from the Assemblies of God, from a Pentecostal blend of Christianity. And ended up deconstructing from evangelicalism and ultimately from Protestantism. And I reconstructed, I guess you could say, into the Roman Catholic Church. I was received into the church in October of last year. Um, it's been a great grace for me. It's been a wonderful experience of deepening my faith. And uh, now I work for the church. And um, I see the many flaws, of course, but it's still been really wonderful for my faith. Um, I guess the story there is... I was pretty proud of being Pentecostal, of having the Pentecostal identity, I guess. Um, I, for some reason, thought it was a unique spirituality that was needed in Christianity. I don't know why I thought that, but that's kind of the opinion I had. But that was a, really a big reason why I ended up attending Lee, because it's a Church of God school, and I thought that that's where I would meet a lot of like-minded people. And I did. But at the same time, freshman year, that's when my deconstruction process instantaneously began because I met so many different people from different parts of the world at, at Lee University who had different understandings of faith, who were passionate about their faith, but they, all of them came to very different conclusions about things. And so I remember joining because I, I at that time, I also considered myself to be passionate about my faith as well. And I remember joining this kind of street evangelization club where they would teach you how to do like street evangelization. You know, that's something I wanted to learn how to do. So, so I joined and uh, I began learning from these veteran evangelists who were college students, but anyway, and uh, they were, you know, teaching me all the basics of how to give someone the gospel message in like 30 seconds or less and explain to them who Jesus Christ is and why he should matter. And I remember one person kind of taking me under the, their wing and be like, oh, this is how you need to present the gospel. Just say, oh, the, the father, he loves you so much. He just wants to be in a relationship with you. He's not mad at you, that kind of thing. And then another person teaching me, okay, look, the wrath of God is kindled against you and you need to repent. Otherwise, you're going to go to hell. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> These are two things, two very different ways of presenting something that I don't even think is the same gospel. It definitely doesn't sound like the same God. And so, but these, ultimately these people were telling me, well, it doesn't, the theological 
niceties, the, the details, those don't matter as much. As long as we all believe in Jesus, that's all that matters. Like, uh, well, if, if theology doesn't matter that much, then what kind of Jesus do you get? What kind of God do you get? And so ultimately it came down, that, that was the moment, freshman year at Lee, where I began my deconstruction phase, because the big question I had to ask was, by what authority do you interpret scripture? By what authority do you understand God or Jesus to be who you say he is? By what authority do you uphold your moral code whereas the person who sits in the pew next to you believes something radically different from you. So how, how do you get to decide? Who, who, where's the standard for that? So I, after that, I began, I stopped attending Pentecostal churches. I began attending like all these different like liturgical traditions. I started joining an Eastern Orthodox church. I've been to an unbelievable amount of different churches. And um, short story, I ended up finding a different way, which is the idea that there is, there, is a, there is a church that claims to be something that was originally founded by Christ with an unbroken historical continuity and something that offers, I think, are very reasonable and compelling arguments for why they say that. And they, they show you how to interpret scripture. They are imperfect people used by God to convey a, a perfect truth. And I've, I've discovered that to be the Catholic church. And that's kind of how I ended up joining that. That's my reconstruction story is a different story altogether, but that's kind of how the deconstruction got started. Okay. So Jed, knowing your family, they're, they're very steeped in the Pentecostal church. Um, how did they take your deconstruction journey like how did they, did they take it personally or did they support you how did that go sure well if if my deconstruction journey was a bit more like what zach and kayla experienced um i think it would have been much worse than it was the, the reaction i mean from my parents and but uh they were very supportive with what i was doing actually um they they entrusted me to god and they also entrusted me to the drive I have to search for the truth, wherever it may lead me. So they trusted me and I, I'm very thankful for them for that. Now there was someone in my family, however, uh, who I was very close to, who um, she, she passed away already, but she was very strong in her Pentecostal faith. And when I began my deconstruction, um, and especially when I refused to support a certain presidential candidate in 2016, who promised to make the country great again, and who many so-called prophets said that he was uh, God's instrument to make that happen. And if you don't support him, you will, you're basically against God. When I basically told this family member that this idea is extremely manipulative and um, just outrageous, um, that was kind of the beginning of the end of our real close relationship. She ended up uh, passing away of a disease that uh, she thought was killing her because she didn't have enough faith. So that was also kind of a, a sobering thing as well in, in my deconstruction process. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's a rough one. Um, I'm sorry that you lost her. Um, it's definitely. I know that in my deconstruction journey now, granted, I'm very much in the beginning stages of mine, um, but for me, it was hard because I acknowledged what it was that I was going through. Uh, 
but I was also told, oh, well, you're an atheist. And I'm like, that's not what I said. <laughs> I said, I'm questioning some things and we're allowed to question. But because I'm questioning things, that automatically puts me in a category and I'm like, please don't label me. Um, because that's not where I am. I'm not an atheist. I would tell you if I was, I have no problem communicating my feelings. And so the Bible says to ask, seek and knock. And that's what I'm doing. And you know, you can use that uh, however you want. say thank you to our panelists for joining us and sharing your hearts with us. And I want to thank you out there listening for joining us on the Touchy Subjects podcast. Make sure you tune in to part two on deconstruction, where we talk about owning your own journey and how the church can approach deconstruction in a healthy way. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Let's Talk Touchy Subjects. Thanks again for listening. Have a good one.